You're listening to Front Foot, a podcast brought to you by The Core. My name is Joshua Thomas, producer on the show and executive producer for podcasts at The Core. This show features my conversations with Ayaz Memon, renowned sports journalist, columnist and author who's been covering cricket for over 44 years. On today's episode, I talked to Ayaz about the India versus England semi-finals match that took place at Manchester on June 22, 1983, and you'll hear about the key moments and strategies that transpired during that match that turned the tide in our favor. Okay, so Ayaz, today we're going to talk about the 83 semi-final, which was India versus England. Now, looking at the scorecard, it seemed like This was quite a close match. India hit the target about five overs, shy of sixty overs, the full sixty overs. Was it a close match? I mean, the scorecards can often be misleading. So, in that sense, yes, it looks like a very one-sided result in India's favor, but it wasn't quite that way, Joshua, because it was a hard-fought match. It was a low-scoring match, and if you look at the the final details, even the scoreboard, if you read it a little minutely, you'll find that. A glut of runs came towards the end in about three, four overs that India played towards the end on the on you know on the march to victory. But before that, it was a really tense battle right from the the way the two teams were positioned at the start of the tournament, on the eve of the match, and then of course as the match transpired, there were some key moments which India had to win to win the match. As you know, subsequently that's true of all sports and all matches. But in this context, it became even more important. For instance, the the wicket of Ian Botham, who was England's champion cricketer, and to get him out cheaply actually was the turning point of the match. And the guy who got him out cheaply was somebody who was not very highly kind of fancied or regarded in the Indian team then. That was Kirti Azad, bowling as a spinner, as an off spinner. He wasn't really an off spinner. He could bowl some slow slow stuff. He was essentially a hard hitting batsman who could occasionally bowl. But in this match, he did the star turn by getting Ian Botham out, and that really changed the match around. So, on the face of it, that's why I, I sometimes, you know, quote Mark Twain when he says, "There lies, damn lies, and statistics." What the scorecard tells you is is a very plain vanilla interpretation of the match. Well, actually, there was a lot of layers and nuances, and lots of things transpired to give the kind of result that you see finally at the end of the scorecard. And uh, what was the sentiment like in the stadium? Like, was there like India was England? Was is that like a big rival? Yeah, I mean, look, I I think the it's interesting that you ask that question and important too because I think the the match was played on a lot of passion, especially by the Indian team who were at the receiving end of a lot of the media coverage of the World Cup that season that year during the tournament, right from the time when David Frith, who was editor of Wisden Cricket Monthly. I mean, David Frith was a very, uh, you know, well-meaning English journalist with a rich sense of history and tradition, and and an understanding of the topsy-turvy nature of sport and the glorious uncertainties of cricket. So he wasn't very caustic or cynical about India's prospects. But a lot of the mainstream press generally was extremely dismissive of the Indian team, and that seemed to tell on the minds of the Indian players. This is something that I experienced right through the tournament when I was in England. That. You know, they they couldn't fathom why the English press was against so so much against them, and my answer to that was whoever whichever player I spoke to, I said, listen, England is the home country, and in fact they were the second 
favored team after the West Indies. West Indies were odds on favorites to win win the tournament. England were supposed to be or were touted as, as the second best. So there was a lot of support, you know, for the for the home team as it were. Apart from the West Indians, who were a couple of miles ahead of every other team, England boasted some of the best ODI or One Day International limited overs cricketers then because all their players were playing in county cricket, domestic cricket, where there were limited overs tournaments being played. So they were more conversant with the format. And therefore, they seemed to have an advantage. And as I mentioned, there were players like Ian Botham, David Gower, Alan Lamb, Bob Willis. It was a star-studded team. So the atmosphere at the at the ground was passionate. And I dare say, there was a lot of confrontation going on on the field between the Indian players and the English players. Not overtly, in the sense they were not wagging fingers at each other, but you could sense from the body language, the Indians were almost kind of saying, we want to teach them a lesson. And then there was a drama being played out in the stadium at the Old Trafford, where English and Indian fans, almost right through the match, were at loggerheads with each other. You know, I mean, holding up placards, shouting slogans against each other, and so on, supporting their respective teams, but getting, it was it was quite heated. One placard I do remember for that match is uh, held up by an Indian supporter, which says, Kapil Dev eats Ian Botham for breakfast. Yes, <laughs> So, and that was the time when this great rivalry between the all-rounders was going on. Who's the best all-rounder in the world? And there were four of them vying for that kind of uh, accolade. One was Kapil Dev, the other was Ian Botham, the third was Richard Hadley of New Zealand, the fourth was Imran Khan of Pakistan. But in this match, obviously, it was Botham versus Kapil. So, yeah, I mean, the atmosphere was for want. I mean, if I have to use a very, it sounds very tepid to say it now, but it was electrifying. So, during the match, how did the India strategy sort of play out? I think the strategy kind of evolved along the way, as, as happens in limited overs cricket matches. And you know, things change, things can change in an overs, things can change in a couple of deliveries. Or you may plan for a certain thing for five, six, seven overs and say, you know, let's do things differently now and make sure that we get the advantage. The advantage may not be imminent, but five, seven overs later, it could be with us if we play in a certain way. And all of these things happened. So just to give you a couple of examples. So when India were batting, Yashpal Sharma and Mohinder Ramanath batting, and you know, Yashpal was trying to play strokes uh, a little more adventurous than Mohinder Ramanath. And Mohinder Ramanath kind of went up, went up to him and cautioned him that, you know, just hold your horses, be a little steady. Let's get the better of the situation in the next five, seven, eight overs. And then we'll see how to, we can always get a little more aggressive or try some improvisations and so on. To which, of course, Yashpal Sharma nodded and then invented it exactly what he wanted. Sometimes strategies are uh, can be left behind. But this was an important phase and they struck together a partnership which became very crucial in the context of the match. Then there was the wicket of Ian Botham, which I mentioned earlier. Kirti Azad coming into bowl. It was a very interesting moment or that phase of play was very interesting. India had got a couple of wickets, you know, Alan Lamb getting run out, some key wickets, crucial wickets, David Gower getting out, and then Bosom coming in. Now, Bosom could have swung the match England's way. He was that kind of a player. You know, he was a match-winning all-rounder. And couple there brings Kirti Azad, as I mentioned, not a very fancied bowler. But in the context of that match, the pitch for that match, where the ball kept low, he came up with a delivery for which Botham had no answer. 
you know it was almost what they call a grubber a grubber is a, a, a delivery which kind of almost runs along the ground it doesn't rise it doesn't bounce much so botham tried to you know negotiate with that grubber and because he didn't expect it to stay so low he got bold and that was the price wicket and everything kind of changed from there so england's total which they may have thought might go up to 200 and uh, 280 300 fell far short of expectations and left india with the relatively easier task of making those runs they were never easy in a tight match between two tough teams and especially in a in a knockout match like the semi final but you know it didn't put the match beyond india's ability and then of course you know because england had also the batting had kind of not really flowered on that pitch because the pitch was not great for stroke play the indians also had to define their approach and you know how they'll chase down the score keeping that in mind that you know some kind of wear and tear might help the bowlers more the pitch may play lower and slower you have to make plans for those kind of things that's why you'll see that in the partnership between mohinder amanath and yashpal sharma suddenly yashpal sharma opens up with a few attacking strokes because the more defensive you get and say that i'll steer my way out of this through attrition it can work for a while but may not work for all you know for the entire duration and then yashpal sharma starts hitting in one of the great strokes of the tournament is how he hits bob willis who was their fastest bowler at that point in time over square leg for a six it was a magnificent shot it was a it was a shot loaded with bravado it worked and that kind of deals a big massive blow to the fielding team the bowler and the fielding team and then after that sandeep patel coming in and you know this is an interesting thing because a year earlier sandeep patel was batting against england in a test match a year earlier in 1982 and he had hit bob willis all over the park in one over for five or six boundaries and then he sensed at that point in time that bob willis great bowler that he is is still a little vulnerable against me as a batsman because the way i dealt with him a year earlier you know there is that little lurking fear that this guy will get after me again you know and that's precisely what happened sandeep patel got on bob willis's case again hammered him for boundaries left right and center and that shrunk the target so significantly so substantially that only one result result was then possible and that was india winning the match join us next week when we talk about the 83 cricket world cup final where india beat west indies and how the indian teams encounters with the mighty west indies in previous matches eventually led to us taking home the trophy This was the Front Foot podcast with Ayaz Mehb. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at the core. You can check out our website www.thecore.in that is www.thecore.in or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. If you like the podcast, do share it with friends and family and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good weekend and we'll be back next week.